Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. I'm so thrilled on this episode of Your Brand Amplified to welcome Jason Sircone to the show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Annika, thank you so much for having me. I love your show and it's great to be a part of it. Oh, thank you. And likewise, um, I love your show. Now you are a personal brand architect, creator, podcaster. You host Evolution of Brand. And we did a little discussion back and forth about how important storytelling is to both of us when it comes to branding. And you have really found a way to make podcasting um, something that, you know, I, I think, I mean, I always recommend podcasts, but I think you have, I, I love the way that you have set it up and how you advise people. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your background, share your story and how you got mm-hmm. into this crazy world that we're in right now. <laughs> yeah, I began podcasting back in 2015. Oh I entered into the, the world of, of this this uh, medium a little awkwardly. My friend and I had been kicking around some ideas about what we would want to do if we start a podcast. And we were big into sports and pro wrestling and all this geeky stuff. And then I was working in the craft beer industry at the time. I had started a craft beer advocacy blog and that morphed into doing some promotion and marketing and sales and things of that nature with some of the breweries and the bars. And I came up with this idea to launch an app that would be a centralized hub for people in Pittsburgh, where I'm located, to find happenings around the city that were happening at all these locations. And after I launched it, I got hit with a troll who just started tearing down everything that I was doing for no reason, because everybody else seemed to be pretty supportive. I wondered what was going on here, because I had never experienced a troll before. This is my first time. And I looked up what he did, and he had a beer podcast. And I instantly called my friend and said, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it better than this guy. Yeah. (laughs) So my number one piece of advice to everyone is to not start a podcast out of spite. We did zero (laughs) planning. We got some microphones. We just figured we'll talk about beer, but then we'll also work sports into the conversation. So we had no target. (laughs) There's just so many mistakes that we made. But reality, what that experience gave me was a rekindled love affair with audio because I did a radio show in college and I loved it. and got me to meet or got or put me in front of some great people to talk with, which ultimately had me fall in love with podcasting. Mm -hmm. And we took that show as far as we could. And then I launched another show. And while I was doing that, I discovered that I really wanted to get better at this. I wanted to hone my voice and discover what others were doing to make quality audio and not just audio, but overall broadcasting. So I started, I, I jumped on that podcast. I just took a year and a half off to study. Wow. So I listened to podcasts. I was watching people on television, newscasters, sports personalities, how interviews were conducted on radio and TV and on podcasts as well. And it really helped me refine my skill set. And then once I jumped back in, I was able to do so much more confidently and with a better plan of action. And that has just snowballed over the past several years of helping others launch their podcasts and then helping them find great opportunities to build their personal brand on podcasts Mm -hmm. that align with all of their objectives. And as you had mentioned, Annika, the storytelling element, huge. Mm -hmm. And the podcast platform is all about telling stories. I just told one, this is the greatest place to share these experiences. And when people tune in to a podcast, 
that's what they're in for. It's not just about this rigid structure, like as if you're listening to a lecture at col- in college or in high school, because that can turn some people off. Mm-hmm. They want to hear something that's compelling and engaging. And the podcast platform gives you so many opportunities to do that effectively. Absolutely. And I love that because my, my career has been very organic. You know, I was asked to do to help promote a DJ when I was in high school. And then that launched me into marketing. And everything since then has kind of been organic. So I love the fact that you started in one place, you were learning how to do stuff for your own brand. And then you said, Oh, let's do this. And not only are we going to do this, but I'm going to then spend time really understanding what I'm doing and really digesting it. And you have Mm -hmm. an amazing voice. You have a great voice. So I I can see how you had a radio show. Um, And I think that it makes you really comfortable, right? Being, Mm -hmm. being able to talk. Now, there are a lot of people who are like, okay, I know I need to get my brand out there, um, but I don't, I'm shy or I don't feel comfortable public speaking um, because they might look at this as public speaking, not just one-on-one because they know they're, they're thinking about like all the people who are going to be listening down the road. Mm-hmm. How do you get somebody comfortable with um, this medium? And is that like, how do you navigate that? It starts with preparation. And it also starts with having a clear understanding of what one would want to accomplish by building their brand up in this medium. Yeah. And when you have some clear goals and some realistic expectations, that's where the comfort will start to come together. And what's great about this platform is. When you can remove the mindset that you're talking to thousands or millions of people, and you're just having a one-on-one conversation with someone as if you're sitting down in a coffee shop or you're meeting them for happy hour or for a cocktail, when you can get that mindset as you approach this, more comfort comes into play because you're just having this one-on-one conversation, much like you would do in any other setting. It's just being recorded. Mm -hmm. And you can start to take that to the next level as you work your brand story into conversation. Because again, people are going to want to hear who you are, what you do, and how you can help them discover the transformation that they seek in their life. So when you do that, you get better over time just by telling that story and having these conversations. So anybody that I talk to, we set those realistic expectations and I tell them right up front. You're not Larry King. You're not Walter Cronkite to go way back in time. These are some of the best interviewers of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. And some people may not agree with that, but their legacy stands the test of time. And I've basically said, look, you can get to that point sometime, but don't think it's going to happen overnight. It comes with practice. It comes with putting in the reps and getting a little bit better each and every time. Mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of people believe it or not, that will go do these interviews or even host their own podcast. I don't know how they get away with this, but I don't, I don't, I don't listen back to those episodes. Like editing, like at least for the podcaster mm-hmm. side, but from the guest side, they'll tell me, yeah, I don't want to hear my own voice. And that's one of those hurdles. Many people think that their voice is just terrible, but that's in your mind and only in your mind because people aren't listening because they think your voice is good or bad. They're listening because you have something valuable that you can offer them. Yeah. So they're not thinking about the tone of your voice. So once you overcome that stigma, you can start to get more comfortable in that respect as well. And then it all comes together over time as you practice and as you keep having these great conversations. Mm -hmm. So start small. Don't expect to be the world's greatest speaker, but 
put in the reps and you'll get better. And all these skills can translate to other areas. So you may become a more confident public speaker. Mm-hmm. You may be able to do more effective presentations or give effective speeches, even communicate with your team or your loved ones better just from the vocal skills that you learn from having great podcast conversations. Wow. It's pretty awesome. That is really awesome. So now you full-time focus on podcasting, on your mm-hmm. own podcasting and helping entrepreneurs, brands, and um, professionals understand how to use the medium. Do you help yes. people start podcasts as well as be guests on podcasts? Absolutely. It really comes down to when, when we're talking about building your personal brand, the first question I ask is, what are your objectives? Because oh. that can truly define whether it makes sense for you to start your own podcast right now or to be a guest on podcasts to get a feel for the medium. I typically, just because I have almost eight years of experience in podcast <laughs> production, will try to sway people to go the guesting route because you get to learn so much and have impactful conversations that can take your brand to the next level. In doing that, you may fall in love with podcasting and decide, okay, I want to experience this from the host side. When you come at it from the other direction, yes, you can 100% make a huge splash if you approach it with the right mindset and understand that there's work involved. It requires consistency Uh and quality content as every time you go live, every time you put something out there, it's got to be quality. It's got to connect with the audience. So if you're willing to commit to making your podcast production great, you can do some amazing things. But to get a feel for it, be a guest. Start collaborating with other podcasters. Start talking about your brand. Get comfortable on the mic and find your story. It's going to make you a more effective host should you ever decide to go that route. But you may discover you're having just as much fun, if not more, connecting with others, telling your story on other podcasts, and and getting these opportunities to connect with audiences across the globe. Yeah. who are looking for experts like you in their space. So if someone wants to start, I, I completely encourage it. However, it all comes down to the time you have and the objectives that you have in place. And that's typically when I'm working with anybody, that's where we start. Determine what's going to make the most sense. And mm-hmm. then we proceed from there. Yeah. I, th- I think one thing that I see commonly um, on the PR side of things is sometimes a client will say, well, how many people are listening to this podcast? And you know, that's an objection that I try to overcome because to me, even whether it's a blog, print media, or being on a podcast as a guest, as long as you're reaching your right audience, then I don't think the audience size matters as much. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm in the process of taking podcasting more seriously right now, you know, d- starting to do some things that I'm to launch, like to do more SEO and to get more listeners and do all these other things. But I still, I get requests from great guests and like these people are reaching out to me, you know, unsolicited because they found my podcast and they're bringing, they want the CEO of their company to be on the podcast and they have a huge following and they have great content to share. Um, and they don't, they're not asking me for my numbers. Now, do I want higher numbers? Yes. Do we all want good numbers so we can get sponsorships and take it to the next level? 100%. But what, how do you overcome some of the objectives or uh, the objections that people um, give when uh, you're talking about different podcast guesting opportunities? That is one of my triggers. <laughs> this is something that I can get pretty heated about just because it, to me, it makes no sense. To me, it's, it's trying to put the cart 200 yards in front of the cool. horse. 
we all want to reach this point, but we don't really have an established number in mind. And it's arbitrary when you really think about it, because think about people in a real life setting. Say your podcast has 50 listeners. For the average podcaster, they may look at that and say, this isn't big enough. I need more listeners for my podcast. And the first question I always ask is, well, what's the right number? What number would make you happy? And I would say pretty much every single time, no one has the answer because there isn't an exact answer. No one starts a podcast saying, I'm going to hit 1,500 downloads by this point. Yeah. If you do, you're probably doing it backwards because you have to think about the quality of your content in order to get to that point. The only things you can control is the consistency and the quality of your content. When you say you're going to be live or your podcast content is going to be live every Thursday, make sure it's live every Thursday and make sure it's quality and it gives people something to listen to that they're going to be engaged with and they're going to want to come back to the next week. Mm -hmm. The more you do that, the more that one listener can turn to a friend or a colleague or a family member and say, you have got to listen to Annika's podcast. This is killer content. I'm learning so much every single time I listen. If that one person then listens, you just doubled your audience from one to two. (laughs) Every listener you have, you have to treat them with respect. And I only say, if you had 50 people in your living room and you had a chance to make an impact (laughs) on that audience, would you shortchange them, roll out the domestic swill beer and give them the crappy hors d'oeuvres? Or would you cater the event and make it an epic experience for everyone? Of course, you would do the latter because they showed up at your house. Mm -hmm. If they've shown up for your podcast, they're already proving that they want to be a part of it. So you have to nurture that audience and keep giving them quality and make it recommendable so they can then turn to others and say, you need to listen to this show. That takes time. So as you're coming at this, from that's from the the creation side. If If you can develop that mindset as you create content, it's going to keep you engaged in the process. And you have to love the process in order to make this work. So many people get burnt out because they stop enjoying what they're doing. It becomes a chore Mm -hmm. versus something that's an effective content strategy or an effective brand building strategy. Just becomes this thing. It's like a noose around your neck. So keep that mindset of being engaged with the process, and you'll go far, and you'll be able to keep things consistent and keep things at a high quality for your audience. From the guest side, it works the same way. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at a podcast and saying, "Oh, I can't go in there. There's not enough listeners." You're shortchanging your opportunities because you never know. There could be 10 people in that audience of maybe 50 people, maybe of 100 people, whatever that episode or whatever that podcast gets in regards to listenership. There could be your target audience in that in that demographic. You just have to show up and speak to them. How hard is that, right? I, to me, I think this is fun. Not only am I getting to collaborate with a great podcaster like yourself, but I get to talk to your audience and have a great conversation with them. And if what I have to say resonates, they're always free to look me up and we'll continue the conversation. Exactly. That's fun. That is a great way to build your brand, in my opinion. So if you can't wrap your hands around the fact that maybe a show is small, but your audience or that audience could impact your results, you're not going to succeed at this because you're going to start looking at opportunities that are big and massive, or they seem big and massive, but ultimately they're not speaking to your ideal listeners and your ideal customers. So don't get wrapped up in these large numbers. Focus on what the content's all about and if you can serve that audience, because that's going to serve you in the long run. And you never know, your interview could be the one that makes the show take off. Exactly. 
Um, I know an example that's a non-podcast example is I had a client that you know didn't really understand PR. I got them a couple placements in what I thought were smaller publications, but still worthy and still the right audience. Those were seen by the right people. So then Forbes wrote about this client, you know, online, Forbes online, but still big win. Um, and then that kept propelling. And eventually they were on an Amazon TV show um, at, called Regular Heroes. So from starting small and from that thing that, you know, if they'd asked me, if they'd said, no, we're not going to do that blog because it doesn't have enough audience reach. Well, obviously the right people were reading that blog and saw the content. And I think the same thing is true for podcasts. You could have the one, you know, 10, 20, 50, $100,000 client listening who's going to change the trajectory of your business. Right. Absolutely right. I, I, this is a terrible analogy, but I, I use it because it makes sense. Back in the day when I was a kid, I was a big pro wrestling fan. And Hulk Hogan was the big deal. He mm-hmm. was the top of the card, the main event. That's what everybody came to see. And down at the very bottom was this little guy that no one had ever really heard of, but they still roll him out there to get the crowd warmed up. And as they start to respond to that guy, he starts to work his way up. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon he's wrestling Hulk Hogan in the main event. Like I said, terrible analogy, but that's what it's like in this space as well. You have to start at the bottom and work your way up. And the great thing about that is, again, embracing the process and falling in love with it. You get to have incredible conversations along the way. You get to hone your skill set and you put yourself in this position to where more people are going to want to be a part of your world. So don't get greedy. Don't think it's going to happen quickly. Put in the reps, work your way up, and eventually you get to wrestle Hulk Hogan in the main event. Nice. And I I do understand that reference. I am that age. Yeah, there might no. be about a lot of some younger people. Who, Hulk, who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there ever a time when somebody um, wants to work with you and you say, you know what, I don't think you're ready, or this isn't the right time, or you know, you have to turn them away for some reason or other? Because we it's, don't talk about that side of things. So that's no, no I, I have run into that. I mean, I, I've learned from experience, and I can tell now. Unfortunately, I haven't encountered this a lot because sometimes. You can't recalibrate somebody's thinking. Mm. They've got the mindset that this is how this has to work. And no matter what you do, you're not shifting that mindset. But if someone were to come to me and tell me I want to be on these massive shows, I would, I, I mean, I, well, why? What, what are you really looking? What are you really looking to gain from that? And what is that going to do to serve you? Mm-hmm. Some people are so obsessed with exposure that they're looking past being on a show that speaks to their target audience, which mm-hmm. makes way more sense and ultimately continues to build their reputation to where that big show may seek them out. So if someone's going to come to me saying, I only want to be on shows that get millions of listeners and have X amount of social media followers. I'm not the service for you. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're going to deal on, or we're going to deal in, podcasts and, and, and companies and, and organizations that are going to serve you because that's really what this is all about. At the end of the day, we're looking for results. So if the big shows are going to deliver those results you where you think they are, then mm-hmm. you got to do that on your own or find somebody else. Cause I'm just, for me, I've in my experience in trying to do that, you don't get a lot of responses from those major shows either because they aren't necessarily do. They're not like taking in these yeah. people like if you reach out to them, they're looking and then their people reach out and say, I want you on this show. Right. They may have a process in place. 
They may have a, an appearance fee. I've seen all of these different things. So really, that's what it's all about. I mean, the big experience I have is, is timelines. And on the flip side of that, with starting a podcast, it's not always a top priority. I always have to bring my own expectations down a touch because right. I know we're you know, being in this space and knowing how it works and fully entrenched in my own podcasting arts. Some people may not see it that way, despite how much I'm telling them, yes, this is what you need to do. It's still not going to be the top priority. Yes, we're going to use this as a content strategy at some point, but I don't necessarily need to start right now. I can get to this eventually. Yeah. That can be frustrating on my end because I'm no, start a podcast now. This is there's no benefit in delaying this. If you really want to do it, get started. But other people are going to put other initiatives in their business first. That's because it's what they know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I will temper my expectations and bring them down a tad. And I don't turn anybody away. I always just tell look, I, I think you're you might be making a mistake delaying because you want to start getting content out there, but I can't. I can't force you to put your other initiatives on the back burner. That's something you have to be the one to bump this up the priority list. Yeah. That's been some of my experience in that regard. Do you have a um, one or two case studies you'd want to share of clients who started working with you and then like they had that light bulb moment? They were like, yes. <laughs> and they, they were like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing so much more than I even expected out of this experience. I, I mean, for... I always tell this story from the guest side. I think that probably the best story I can tell is, and again, this goes back to finding the right shows. And and if you try to go on shows that don't align with your objectives, it's hard to make that impact. And you're just not speaking to the right audience. I always look at what we do to maximize this experience for one of my clients. And will they be somebody that maybe could use their service as well? Mm -hmm. And it was because of this experience that one of my past clients had made me realize, okay, this makes sense. What are they promoting? What is their product? What is their service? What do they do? And in finding an in finding a podcast audience that's going to resonate with what they do, the host is probably going to as well. So can we get them on board before the interview even goes live? Nice. And that, that happens. So she did the interview, everything went great. And then at the end, the host realized I need this and signed up. So that's yeah. so right there, that pays <laughs> off. And there's your benefit right there. And that's the power of this. When you approach podcast guesting as a networking tool. Yeah. If you're out to make exactly. it all transactional, results are minimal to none. Yeah. But if you come at this looking to build a, a, a lucrative relationship and actually connect with someone and and build some form of chemistry that could lead to mutual partnerships or them referring you to others or vice versa. That's how you can maximize your time in the space. That's what takes your personal brand to the next level. So that's one story I'm always proud to tell. You really hit the nail on the head there um, that I have to say, really taking my podcast more seriously and deciding to really go all in on myself and this and getting branding and marketing and you know information out to entrepreneurs and small businesses i've had that experience time and time again i just did two interviews where one is the digital agency looking for a pr firm to partner with that we're going to start talking about that and i could be their agency for all of their clients and then the next one was um a guy who's a coach does coaching in a different way than what i've heard in or experienced before and is about to start a mastermind so i'm having a conversation with him because i was like i that's something that I need that, uh, you know, I need to build that community of peers 
um, who we're all going to hold each other accountable to reach our goals and, and our intention setting. Um, so it happens to me all the time. And that's, I think, one of my favorite things is meeting people I would not have met, getting to network because you're not having to rely on the local networking, right? You're meeting people right. nationally, internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the greatest thing about the podcasting platform, in my opinion, is the ability to network. And again, you have to approach it the right way. Yeah. If, you, if you're coming <laughs> this from this tra- with this transactional mindset that you're just showing up to talk or just to sell, it won't benefit you. Because mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, if you go into sales mode, the audience may get turned off by that. And that's if the show even goes live because the podcaster themselves may say, I'm not going to expose my audience to a sales pitch or an infomercial. I, I, you know, people arrive at this podcast for value and to be impacted and compelled and engaged and a sales pitch isn't going to do that. So I'm not going to air this episode. So if you show up to the interview in that mindset of, I got to sell, 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 and I've got to make all of these sales and get X amount from each podcast. It's the wrong approach. Mm. Your your job is to bring value to the microphone, to provide some sort of impact to that audience. And again, you want them to resonate with your message so they check out what else you have to offer. Once they enter into your ecosystem, then you can build from there by nurturing them and turning them from customer to brand advocate, just like you would any other lead that comes into your funnel. But yeah, there's this opportunity to connect with so many great people in so many spaces, and you never know what kind of opportunities are going to present themselves. So you have to be positioning yourself as an asset that's going to help that podcaster grow their audience. That makes you a very important person in their life. And Mm. now they are going to do everything they can to tell their audience, you need to check out what this person's doing, buy their book, get their course, (laughs) get their giveaway, whatever. You're going to be more prone to do that for someone that brings value to the microphone versus someone that just shows up trying to sell, thinking that they're going to get some sort of financial gain just from being a salesperson on the on the airwaves. And that kills the networking opportunities if yeah. you go that route. So um, as a podcast host, I have a whole series of questions. But I'm, <laughs> try- I'm trying to like write them down so I remember because things keep popping up. As a podcast host, what do you do when you get a guest who, I mean, sometimes they might be a podcast host themselves, but they're just not, you're, you're trying to pull stuff out of them and they're just not giving you what you need to have a conversation like we're having. You know, they're giving short answers or keeping it salesy. Is there a way to well, redirect a, or do you just not publish that episode and then you tell, do you tell them why you don't publish it? <laughs> I've, I have had that experience. And I mean, Typically, what I would try to do in that case is, what can I do to edit? Can, can I okay. cut some of this sales information out to where the, the nuggets of value that they did drop are still going to ring through so this can be content that can be absorbed and actually appreciated? If it can't, then I would go so far as to say, I can't use this. I haven't had that yet. I'm very fortunate in that respect. Yeah. My goal as a podcaster, and this should be the goal of all podcasters when they're hosting a show, is to ask some questions that are a few layers beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. If you're asking surface-level questions, you're going to get surface-level answers, and that can lead to very short, abrupt responses that will impact the entire conversation in a negative way. Mm -hmm. So I try. if they're providing me questions, I try to, okay, what can I do to go at least one layer beneath what they put here on the surface. 
I'm trying to get a story out of them that they've never told. That's my objective going into every single podcast. I want that guest to say to me, no one's ever asked me that before. Those are the magic words. If I hear that, I know they're going to tell a story that they've never told before. Mm-hmm. And now I get to use that as a soundbite. Yeah. That can be something I use to attract listeners. I can say, like, you're going to hear a story that this person's never told before. There's just things like that you can do in your promotion of the episode that are enormous. But we get so wrapped up in just trying to get through a format that we don't dig deep. And when we dig deep, that can make the conversation flow much mm-hmm. more organically to where I have, I always have at least 12 questions in front of me. If I don't ask any of them, that's okay. That's yeah. there as my net. I'm coming into this. I kick off my show with the same question every single time. That gets the conversation going and it gets the value started for the listener almost yeah. immediately, actually immediately. Nice. Like I don't try to use the beginning of my podcast for some housekeeping items and for <laughs> 10 minutes of monologue and a three yeah. minute intro. It's like, no, you, this, here's what you're going to learn. Here's who I am. Here's the guest name. Here are content pieces for the day. Here's a quick ad from our sponsor. You're listening to some great content within a minute and a half. Here we go. Nice. That is valuable to the listener. And if you launch into the conversation with the actual guest that way, by being beneath the surface, that can set the table for what's going to be the entire conversation. So you have to take some ownership of it yourself and make sure you're asking questions that are going to elicit answers that people are going to want to gobble up and say, whoa, that was good. That's on you as the host to do that. Mm -hmm. If they're just not long talkers, even if you ask the engaging questions, that being a podcast because may not be their cup of tea. Yeah. They may need to develop more in the art of conversation and and practice their storytelling abilities because Those short, abrupt answers just don't translate to content that podcast listeners will want to listen to and then respond to. So start with taking ownership yourself and then build from there. Nice. Um, I've noticed that a lot of podcasters are now swapping episodes. So they'll appear on a podcast, but then they'll share that episode on their own podcast. I wanted to get your take on that strategy. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it really adds value, if it's, you know... I understand the cross promotion aspect, but I've also kind of gone, I don't know. I don't know if that would, if other podcasts that I'm on would jive with the content that my listeners get on this podcast and vice versa. I did that one time and it didn't work. I mean, I, it was by request of the other person and it's one of my least listened to downloaded episodes. And, you know, at the end of the day, when I look at that process, my thought is, wouldn't it make more sense to drive people to their podcast so they can experience some potential growth from my audience? Mm-hmm. They're hearing that exact audio file on my network. What is the benefit of them to jump over and listen to this podcast? I'd yeah. rather throw a 30 second ad into an episode saying, I just collaborated with so-and-so who was on episode blah, blah, hmm. blah with me. Go check out that interview. And while you're there, check out this episode and this episode. I listen to them and they're awesome. Give your listeners some incentive to go check out that other podcast. Because we know podcast listeners will listen to other podcasts. Yeah. If the content intrigues them, they're going to make that leap. Yeah. If you're the one recommending it and they trust you, then there's more incentive for them to go start subscribing to that podcast and downloading episodes they've missed and catching up. To me, that's a more effective approach than 
sharing the same audio file. And it can be a term. It could just be a lazy way. It's my episode for the week. I don't have to do any production. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the mindset. I, I'm again speaking from experience. I've done this before. I've talked to people that have used past like public speeches that they've done. And I'm going to put this in podcast form. And I've oh, heard this. I've never worked with anybody that's done that, but I've heard it. And the audio, audio quality is terrible because it's like somebody with a microphone in the audience capturing the audio of someone speaking into another microphone. Mm. It's not built for podcasting. No. So just to get an episode out there, eh, that's, that, that's, it's a lazy approach. So yeah, yeah I would say yeah. best, best thing to do would just be to refer people to that podcast, tell them how much fun you had really build up that show for people to want to listen to, and then have them do the same for you. And then maybe you get some co-mingling amongst your two audiences. Okay, so somebody comes to you, they want to be a great guest. You take them through your onboarding process. They start getting on podcasts. The interview comes out, you get the promotional material. What do you do next? Nothing. I'm kidding. That's the <laughs> mindset of so many. No, I, I see no, that is I that is one of the big questions I, I ask people when they say, Well, I've done guest appearance in the past, it didn't do anything for me. I was like, What'd you do with the content exactly. when I went live? Nothing. Well, okay. I get that it is on the podcast producers and hosts to produce that or to, to publish and market that content, but they just created this amazing piece of micro content, evergreen micro content mm -hmm. that you can use in a number of different ways. Why would you ignore that? Why would you not take that piece of content and at least Put it in an email or put it on your social media or do something that exposes it to your audience. Because if they listen to it, this furthers your reputation in their eyes and continues to reaffirm that you're a resource that they can turn to and an expert in your field. The more podcast appearances you make, the more your reputation grows and it just continues to snowball. And more people can realize that this person is getting this many guest appearances and they're knocking it out of the park every single time. They must really know their stuff. They must really know how to help me accomplish what I want to accomplish. So it endears you more to your audience to take that content and share it. But so many people just don't do that. And I never understood that mindset of why you would want to create a guesting campaign to where you lend your expertise to these podcasts and do nothing with it. Now, of course, you have that audience to piggyback off of. But again, this is content that for the most part, other than you lending your expertise through the interview, someone else did all the heavy lifting for you. Mm -hmm. Do something with it. Yeah. So set, sharing it through email, putting it on your website. I'm actually in development on my site where I'm going to start. I did one so far and I, it's, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this because what I discovered is it's more writing than I would want to do. I like to write, but at the same time, I'm wondering if it would be better served as a video series for my YouTube channel, oh, nice. but I'm breaking down all the interviews that I was a part of and looking at each area and then adding some analysis to each section that we talked about. And I want to do that for all of the past interviews that I've done and that will allow me to, again, take that piece of content and repurpose it in a way that I can put it in front of my audience and give them a way to not only listen to it, but then get some more analysis from it and hopefully learn something additional to just listen. So yeah. there are a number of different ways to do it, but do something. Don't just ignore the fact that your interview went live. Do something with it.
Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the integrated marketing cycle and how you take a piece of content and share that story across other platforms. So right. like you said, putting it in a newsletter, you know, um, putting it on your website, adding a little blurb about the podcast you're on on your website as well, not just the link, because that also builds up SEO value. Share it on your social, share a little snippet. So you're sharing little parts of the story, but people have to go to the podcast to get the whole message. And having something like that in place allows you to recycle that content down the road because like, I have a site on my page that has every podcast that I've been on and I add to them as they go live. And then if something were to come up that references what I talked about on one of those episodes, now I have a quick link that I can shoot to people and say, you know, I actually talked about this mm. on this podcast. Here's the information. I'm going to check that out if you want to learn more. Yeah. And it's just another way to keep reaffirming who you are, what you do, and why you're here to help people accomplish their goals and make the transformations in their life that they want to achieve. Yeah. So taking those steps is huge. And again, content someone else created for you. Yes. That's, well, I, I can't think of a better way to say <laughs> thank you than by at least sharing it, right? Like that's right. the main game in this whole reciprocity world we live in. Yeah. What other advice would you want to give to our audience today about podcasting? Be patient. If you're just getting into the podcasting game, don't try to get too far ahead and don't get consumed with numbers. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about this and spent a great deal of time already, so I don't have to go into this in too much more detail, but I will reaffirm the importance of focusing on the value that you're putting into the world through the podcast platform is going to get you so much further than trying to land an appearance on a show that appears to have massive numbers. Because those massive numbers, they may be the result of the audience falling in love with the host. Mm. If they've fallen in love with the host, the guest is there to contribute content, but they're there for the host. Mm. You, know, you think mm. of some of these daytime talk shows and people are there cheering the crap out of Wendy Williams and <laughs> all these people that are hosting their own shows. That's what draws them in. It just happens to be that Matthew McConaughey is here today. So mm. yay. But you have to think on that level. It's it's all about the value and it's all about the consistency. So make sure you're focused on those two things. Put quality content into the world on a consistent basis, whether you're a guest or a host of your own podcast. And good things will come. And maximize each piece of content by sharing it with your audience and continuing to up your personal brand value as you go. Very great summary. Thank you, Jason. Now, what's next for you and your brand? Are there any other offerings in the works for you? I right now I, I I have the coaching platform available for anybody that's looking to explore this a little deeper. If you really want to dive deep into the guesting side, I put together an intensive training program that Ooh. really covers all of the nuts and bolts. And I have a process that I use with all of my guesting campaigns that I will teach you. And you can check that out at guestaccelerator.com nice. to get more information. But I would say anybody that really wants to learn more about what I'm doing, jump over to jasoncircone.com slash yourbrandamplified, and you're going to get access to some great information to get started with. It's really going to give you some foundational information to know what this is all about and, and what you need to be focused on. And since you'll be on my website, you can look around and check everything else mm -hmm. out. And I got always open to having conversations with anybody that wants to explore this space a little deeper and truly 
grow their personal brand because of it. Awesome. And how do people find you on social media? Best way to go, I would say I'm, I'm just now starting to do more with Instagram. Okay. We completely, I deleted everything I had on Instagram. Oh my I gosh. Like, I had, I, I went through, because there was, I was, I was scrolling through trying to figure out everything I've done over the years is here and none of this is relevant anymore. And oh. I really want to get this thing focused to the personal brand side and how you can do this with podcasting. So I just said, you know what? I will, I will say it's hard to do that. It's hard to go through because Instagram does not make it easy to, to delete content. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, over the span of a few days, was able to do so. So that's at Jason Sircone. And I'm going to be sharing reels about using the podcast space to awesome. build your personal brand. And I'll be giving podcasting tips. And I'm also sharing some episodes of my podcast in 60 second summary form. Nice. That's wonderful. And, um, do you have a favorite mantra or quote? You've got to get up every morning with determination if you want to go to bed with satisfaction. Oh, I like that. George Horace Lorimer. Good one. Thank yes. you for sharing that. Jason, thank You're you so welcome. much for being on the show today. Um, audience, I'll have everything in the show notes for how to reach Jason and the podcast accelerator to listen to Evolution of Brand podcast, all of the good stuff. And by the way, um, if you're listening, please do go to both of our podcasts and leave reviews. Listen to Evolution of Brand, leave Jason a review. If you haven't left me a review yet, do the same on your um, Apple is my preferred place to leave reviews. But anywhere that you want to will be just it'll make my day. So thank you again for coming back and for another week of your brand Amplified. And I'll see you again next week. Want more? Check out AmplifyWithAnnika.com or follow me on socials at AmplifyWithAnnika.com.